This is the Hunt Quietly Podcast. I'm Matt Ranella. I'm here with Tyler Kath of T&K Hunting Gear. Tyler, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you having me. So I have been trying to amass a list of companies that don't rely on social media influencers and hunting TV to showcase on my website for for hunters that are sick of the hype and the BS and the gross monetization of hunting. And uh, you, you are the first company I found except for a Norwegian company called Ravno. So I wanted to have you on and, and learn a little bit about your company and, and make, make my, my mom and my therapist and my drug and alcohol counselor and two or three people that, that tune in accidentally once in a while, let them know, you know, about your, your (laughs) company. So somebody will buy something at some point, I think. (laughs) I appreciate it. Yeah. We, uh, we operate, you know, a little bit differently than, than 99% of the hunting industry as far as, um, you know, we like to keep things genuine, you know, that's, um, a big approach. And of course we're making high quality American goods and, um, you know, we're not really on the, um, really on the, on the, on the level of, you know, let's push out as much product as possible and, um, capitalism and, you know, uh, we're, we're very much a small operation compared to, a lot of companies out there, but, um, you know, the way we do things, um, are, you know, kind of goes, goes against the grain of what you kind of see in social media these days, as far as what hunting companies do and how they get their products out there. And, um, we take a lot more pride knowing that, um, the friends and family of, of a lot of our customers, customers are the ones that are buying from us. Um, they're people that are, you know, it's kind of the old fashioned way of spreading the word by mouth. You know, it's different than kind of what you see these days where it's kind of mass, um, you know, let's make as much money as possible kind of thing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's much more how it was. I imagine before the advent of hunting TV and hunting social media, where you make a quality product and, and, uh, you know, the, the word spreads about it. So, so how, tell me a little bit about how you got started. So I, uh, I did four years in the Marine Corps infantry, did a couple combat deployments to Afghanistan. So I got very familiar with gear, um, with nylon goods, um, made in the USA type stuff. A lot of the stuff that we use from the webbing thread, Kadura, all that stuff. What years Uh, were you, were you in the military? 2008 to 2012. So I, uh, I got out in 2012 after, um, my last deployment to Afghanistan, uh, was 2011 to 2012, 
After that, I worked uh, corrections for a year. Um, and then I worked actually uh, private military through the Department of State overseas in Afghanistan again. Um, and then I was a law enforcement officer here in Rapid City, South Dakota for five years. So um, what really kind of got me started and in, interested in gear and making gear and designing gear was um, just kind of being around it, having lots of hand on, you know, hands on experience as far as um, nylon go goods go. And um, a lot of the stuff that we make now are, um, you know, the same materials, raw goods that the military uses for plate carriers, backpacks, all that kind of stuff. So um, high durability. Um, we're not definitely not ultra light by any means. And we, you know, we're using a thousand decadera. So it's, it's more heavy duty, durable stuff. Um, but uh, it's definitely, um, we're trying to make it, you know, I guess the term they used to use is they don't make it like they used to. We're trying to make it like they used to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're trying to, um, you know, again, we go um, into the capitalism of the hunting industry of let's make as much product as possible, high margins. Oh, sorry about that. Overseas. Oh, you just made me dizzy when you dropped your mic or you dropped your camera. Um, but, you know, uh, let's mass produce it with cheap materials and, and push it out, high margins and stuff like that. That's not us. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely struggle doing it this way with paying um, the high amounts of money it is for made in the USA buckles, thread, Kadura, you name it. Um, you know, our margins are not like that of our competitors overseas. So, um, but we make a good quality product that um, we back up, you know, for life. And uh, I think as we slowly grow, um, more and more people, especially um, lots of hunters that have gone through a lot of the cheap overseas gear, um, they're they're buying more and more stuff from us. And um, it usually doesn't just start stop at one purchase. They're they're making you know several purchases. Yeah, um, that's always a good sign when you got re re return customers. Exactly. So, what, what year did you start, and how many employees did you have then, and how many do you have now? So I started 2018 is when I first started. We didn't have any employees. I was working out of the living room of my apartment. You were doing all the manufacturing. So we, we initially, we had a sewer here that was pretty much like a contract sewer here in Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, I was designing a lot of the gear, um, learning how to sew as I was doing it. And uh, she was making a lot of the goods there too. Then we transferred to a, a bigger like contract sewer that was in uh, Denver, Colorado. Well, then we transitioned. We said, well, let, we need to do this ourselves just based on the quality aspect of it when we need to make changes to gear, um, you know, changes on the fly. We do a lot. So now we do all of our manufacturing is right out of our facility, which is actually right down the street from my house here in Rapid City, South Dakota. And we've got nine employees. So, um, we did have a lot all full time, all full time. Yeah. Wow. So you've grown, you've grown this yeah. thing up in, in, in four years. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. We, it's been a lot of work. I mean, it's, you know, um, especially trying to get people to, you know, know who we are, um, has been the biggest thing, especially when we don't do things like other companies like pro staff and all, we don't do any of that mm -hmm. stuff. So it's been off of, um, 
you know, advertisement. We, we put a lot of money into that, of course, but a lot of it has just been locally too, you know, doing a lot of local events and, um, you know, uh, South Dakota youth hunting and stuff like that. So the word in South Dakota has kind of gotten out from just people locally um, running our stuff and then it's kind of spread throughout the United States from there. So, um, yeah, it's been kind of a wild ride in the past four years as far as how many employees, you know, we have now. We're, we're actually expanding into the other side of our building here probably in the next month or two. Um, the other business that's there is moving out and that's going to be like an additional 15, 1600 square feet on top of the 1000. So, or 1200 we are in now we're kind of cramped right now but um yeah so i mean it's going to give us a little bit more space to put more machinery in there and uh we just we hire people right here locally in in rapid city and we teach them how to sew how to make this stuff and uh so yeah it's it's a little bit different than than uh, what a majority of the companies are doing now oh, so i'd say it's fundamentally different in terms yeah. of not relying on hunting celebrities to peddle your wares, having it be word of mouth, having it be made right here in the good old US of A. Uh, I mean, there's companies that do that too, but I don't know of any companies, like I say, I look, I've been looking that, that aren't just aren't trying to like use, like I say all the time, like use dead and dying animals as, as, as marketing agents to sell products. You know, it's, it's pretty cool i think um, yeah we, you know we we work we work hard because we don't pay anybody like you know like you've said we don't have any of those big type names that we pay um we don't you know sponsor any like tv shows or anything like that so it's a little bit trying to do it this way is is definitely difficult i mean because you know i i can only imagine the amount of people you're not you know, being point, you know, pointed in, but, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff, you know, that's a rabbit hole as far as the, you know, hunting influencers on social media and, um, you know, a lot of the things that you see, you know, questionable ethics and, and pushing the fine line on, on the laws and stuff like that. And, and yeah, being this a- last episode I just recorded, we, yep. we looked up, I haven't put it out yet, but we looked up at all of the all of the hunting TV personalities have gotten caught poaching in the last decade or so. And it was a remarkably long list. I want to say there were eight or 10, which, oh, yeah. which to me, if, there, if, if eight or 10 have gotten caught, then there's got to be several hundred that. Have oh yeah. Because I could poach the rest of my life and not get caught. I mean, hundred. I mean, you look at some of these guys and they're, they're always constantly pushing the envelope because, you know, they, it's who can kill the biggest deer, who can, you know, kill the biggest elk. And it doesn't matter if it's, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys are probably taking shots at animals that they wouldn't, they wouldn't take if there was not that pressure on them Mm -hmm. to, to produce this type of content on social media or, you know, push the envelope as far as trespassing or shooting things without tags. And, um, you know, I, and I'm a very black and white guy. There's no, there's no gray area from being in law enforcement. There's the law. And of course, you know, there's just the moral aspects too, is doing the right thing when nobody's watching. And 
I think social media has really made some almost like sociopaths to where it's like, you know, there's so much, you know, attention and me, me, me. And it's not really about, um, you know, as far as, you know, hunting goes or um, it's all about money. It's all about sponsorships. It's, you know, um, I always beg this question too, is that, you know, I tell people all the time, I said, you know, if, if some of these people didn't get paid, um, to hunt or have these sponsorships and all this other stuff, would they still hunt? You know, mm-hmm. if social media didn't exist, would they still hunt? You know, um, I would still be making gear. I'd still be hunting, but of course it'd be a lot harder for me because we are in 2022 where social media, you know, that's where a majority of people find out about you as far as your products and stuff like that. But I mean, I always kind of beg that, you know, clarify you, you have a social media presence just to to make people aware of your company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the the, the distinction is that you're, is, is you're just, you're, you're not sponsoring hunters and no giving out gear to, so that people that they, that they peddle it for you by, uh, showing their buck on, on Instagram and all that stuff. I mean, I, you know, there's. And I think I've heard you, you know, and I've looked at some of your podcasts and I guess maybe that's, you know, we still share pictures of dead animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the, I I think there's, for us personally, there's, there's a difference between tastefulness and not tastefulness. And that's, that's, that's our personal opinion is that there is, there is a big difference because a lot of the social media stuff that you see, in my opinion, um, I love a great hunting story and I'm not against any individual that wants to post a picture and, and tell about their hunting story. And, and I know that's maybe not necessarily your opinion on it as far as, um, you know, what should be shared, what shouldn't be shared. I know I, I've kind of listened to, um, some of your fewer things. And I think for me personally, um, I think as long as you're keeping it tasteful, I think that's where um, kind of the line and the, and the scene gets drawn for me because there are, um, there are many, many um, individuals um, that post very distasteful things um, as far as um, uh, you know, pictures go with animals as far as, you know, there's been some things that kind of got, went around a bit past year or two where people are like taking selfies with deer and stuff like that. I, I think personally, that's not in a good limelight of hunting. Um, if you're going to do that, I think, um, you know, that's more where my problem is with people posting photos as far as, um, that type of stuff. I think as, as long as it's tasteful, that's personally where I don't have a problem. It's, it's the photos and the content, um, where we're not really, and I think I, I listened a little bit to your, on your, your podcast on meat eater and you talk about the wounding of animals and stuff like that. And I think that is a good conversation to have as far as the realities of hunting. Um, you know, um, and as far as, 
and not every shot is going to be a perfect shot and not every animal is, you know, you're, if you hunt long enough, you're going to wound animals and stuff like that. And, um, you know, of course there's, there's things that are tasteful and not tasteful as far as what's best for hunting. But as far as social media goes, that's kind of my opinion on it. As long as you're keeping it respectful, um, for the animal and for you, I mean, we do live in America. Um, you know, there's a, Fine, but there's a fine line between respect and, and, and disrespect as far as what you're posting online. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot there that I agree with some, some that I don't, I definitely agree with the part that we yeah. live in a live in, that we live in America and I'm not trying to pass any laws. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to get hunters to look out for their own best interests a little, a little more. Uh, I, agree. I, 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 I think that I guess where I, I would disagree is I do think that hunting would be way better, better off if, if Mark Zuckerberg had never been born, um, yeah. in terms, in, in terms of access and it not becoming a pay to play activity for paying, paying for access that, um, I, I in, th- in terms of people hunting for the right reasons and not killing for content. Mm-hmm. So, but, and and that's, that's neither here nor there. I mean, we all got to chart our course with that. I'm just trying to make the case that that's, that's, that that's true. That, I mean, for me, it really is all about the hunting. It's not about, for mm-hmm. me, I'm not interested in hunting culture. I'm not interested in hunting entertainment. I'm a lifelong hunter. And for me, it's, I'm going to do, I'm going to do what's right for, for my hunting. And I think yeah. that. And I think if other people really thought about it, my hope is that the more they think about it, the more they realize that the way to do right by their hunting is to just dispense with the, with the trotting out dead animals and dying animals online. But that's, you know, everybody's got to chart their own course. Like the, and in, in making friends and making allies to maybe build what I'm trying to build here and have the conversation I'm trying to have which will probably fail. You know, uh, I'm asking a lot. I I don't, I'm asking a lot of the hunting community, but I think I'm asking for what it would take for it to to survive. And I think it's going to take a lot for it to survive. There's eight bullets on my website. You could take a look at and, and, and they're big asks, but I was like, I'm I'm like, if, if, if hunting is still around in 20 years and it's not pay to play and you get to have quality experience every year without paying for access. I think it's going to be because we did these eight things, but in terms of companies that I would like to support, you fit the bill, you know, whether you what so that you, that you and your employees, you know, uh, disagree with me and think that there's reasons for showing strangers what you shoot. That, I mean, that's not what I'm like the, I, I very intentionally have set out to find comfort, like don't sponsor, don't sponsor hunting celebrities and don't advertise on hunting TV. I, I think, yeah. So, and I, well, I think and we agree in that terms too, as far as, you know, I think it does promote what you're talking about as far as it, it gets away from what the true tradition of hunting is. So I think that's kind of where you're going down that road is, you know, if, if you're sponsoring, you're doing it, you know, people are, are not hunting for the right reason. Mm-hmm. They're to, you know, 
um, to either make a career out of it, get paid for it and stuff like that. And, you know, guys like you and like me too, is that, um, you know, you, I'm a public land hunter, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I agree in that aspect, but I think there's a lot of people that, you know, um, I, it, I, I don't think they, you know, all the sponsorship and all this money that gets thrown around, I think, I think that can be bad because then you look at, like you were just talking about where you pulled up that list of celebrities and stuff to where, you know, these guys are now, um, out poaching or trespassing or doing things that, um, maybe they wouldn't normally do if they didn't have all this sponsorship and money coming mm-hmm. in. And there was that almost like that, uh, like that um it kind of pushes them to to do questionable things you know what i mean which is not in a good limelight of hunting as far as it goes on social media um so i mean i kind of tracking where you're going with that and i mean as far as what actually gets posted and stuff like that you know that's as neither here nor there as far as you know there's a there's a huge deep sinkhole you could go into of what's right to post what's not right to post and uh, i mean there's many a times to where i i mean i absolutely hate social media if i could run my company um and still get the sales that we do without social media i'd be the first one to delete it because it takes up 90 percent of my time oh really uh, oh yeah as far as answering customer messages and stuff like that okay you know, unfortunately, we are in 2022 to where social media is, uh, regardless of uh, of what you think or, you know, if you hate it, if you love it or whatnot, um, it's an important tool for us as a company to be able to connect with our customers. Yeah, right? I, I don't I don't dislike social media. I dislike a very... I, I dislike a lot of what gets posted on yeah, social media. Yeah. I, but, uh, one of the things I'd say the thing I, I like most about it is that it's a great tool for small businesses to advertise. It is. Yep. And I'd say that that's a positive thing. Yeah. There, there is some positives of social media, but, um, uh, it's, it's, it's such a highlight reel. It's not reality, you know? Um, you know, even of hunts that I, you know, you see, it's not a reality. I mean, we get, you see a lot of the guys that, you know, a lot of guys will pay for a big fence hunt and they'll claim it's public land or it's fair trade, you know, all kinds of different stuff. You know, um, it's, there's a lot of BS on social media too, as far as people, um, you know, not telling the truths of, of what's actually happening. Um, you know, and it, I mean, really that's what it is. It's a highlight reel, you know, it's not real life. And for us, we use it a lot for exposing people to the products and stuff like that. But, um, it's not one of those things to where we use it as a tool to, you know, we're not that company that's like, Oh yeah, here's, here's a bunch of 10% off codes. You pass them around, you pass them around like candy. You know, we don't do that. And, um, you know, that's part of being genuine, but it's also, um, a part of what I don't like, like you said about the hunting, you know, the hunting culture, I think it's becoming, 
very in, industrialized and you know i could say that too and you know you could sit here and say well tyler you're making gear you know you're making money you know from the the hunting company and of course you know i'm making you know um gear but i'm not um you know it's gear with value you know what i mean it's not just the empty product uh you know, some piece of crap that's made in China that, you know, we're trying to capitalize on, you know, we're trying to bring value at least um, to the hunting industry. And not just that, we we sell a lot of things uh, to people that are not even hunters, mm-hmm. um, bags and backpacks and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a, it's a wide variety of people, but um, yeah, it definitely, it's definitely challenging when you don't do it um, the way that everybody else does it because, um you know, we're not giving out uh, a free bino harness to every single person with 3000 followers. Right. Yeah. You know, um, we don't do that. Um, a lot of our giveaways go towards veterans. We do a lot of veteran stuff. Um, so if you do see a lot of the stuff that we do, it's a lot of veteran stuff. Um, we enjoy doing that. And it's actually super cool. Cause a lot of the customers that we have on our page are super awesome. And, and they're the people that we want on our page that actually share the same opinions we do as far as not making, not sponsoring people, not having pro staff, not, um, you know, um, you know, doing, doing all that crazy stuff and, and sponsoring TV shows and sponsoring this and sponsoring that. And, you know, for us, um, you know, it makes it difficult as far as, you know, um, getting brand awareness out there. But like I said, we're doing it the slow way. We're doing it the old school way to where um, people can actually um, get to know us from their buddies, from their friends. And, you know, growing organically like that is, um, like I said, it's going to, I think it's going to pay dividends in the end because, you know, there's, there's value in the product. It's not just we're trying to make as much money as possible, you know. Do you do you think it's possible that over time they like that people maybe share my concerns enough about just the freaking hype and all of the bragging and like hunting hero nonsense that people will start to look for companies like yours just by virtue of the fact that you're doing your you're making a quality product without contributing to the all the hype yeah i would i mean it's very that's why i want to that's the experiment i want to run with you and whoever whatever companies i can find is like to me the choice is clear. I would way rather mm-hmm. buy something from a company that doesn't have a bunch of freaking douchebags that they're like putting forward. Oh yeah. Like well, yeah. the next There's... big freaking badass Barney badass and hunting and all that nonsense. Yeah, no, I I agree in that in that sense because I think there's a lot of egotistical um people on social media that have some type of emptiness within their soul that they have to feel like, um, I mean, we just, we kind of go into it to where, you know, you shoot on public land, which you want to shoot. I'm one of those people that, um, you know, I think everybody, everybody's hunting experience 
and um, the work they put in and all that stuff, it's really up to them. But I think there is a sense of, well, you shot this 125 inch deer, you don't know anything and you got to be a big badass like me and shoot these, you know, 170 inch deer, whatever, you know, whatever it is. I think there is a lot of egotistical type where I don't agree with it because that's not how I hunt personally. And I don't think that's how we need to raise our kids Mm -hmm. to see as it's not, um, can, you know, it's not, uh, sorry for a cuss word, but you know, a a dick measuring contest, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's that it's, that's, that's not what hunting is to me. I, I don't, um, you know, I've put a lot of work in for, for small animals that people, you know, that we talk about that have those egotistical, I think, um, you know, personalities that would look at and be like, well, why would you shoot that? Well, because I work my ass off and that's the opportunity that was given to me. And I'm not out there to, um, you know, put things on the wall and fill my ego. I'm out there to hunt because I love it. And, you know, do, you know, and whether I fill a tag or not, you know, it's out there for the experience. That's for me personally, you know what I mean? Um, But I think as the bad thing about social media is that I think it's showing people that, well, if you don't, you know, kill a 380 inch elk bull, then you're, you ain't shit. You know what I mean? And I I know what you mean, you know, abstractly, but I don't. I don't follow it, so I don't know it firsthand. But I just talked to another yeah. guy. I had another guy on a few weeks ago that was telling me that you can get people. People will pile on a hunter that posts a, a non-trophy animal. Oh yeah, which I mean that is a huge problem. Oh, it's a massive problem in my, because... in my mind. Like, oh, it's that huge. Is such that just shows you what hunting social media is breeding. You know? Oh, it's breeding, it's breeding people that for one, um, like you said, there's no transparency there. We got people killing 380 inch bulls on big game ranches that they pay 15 grand for, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and they, they think that's the reality or that's the expectation of what, of what a good hunt is. And, you know, of yeah, course, I would rather I'd rather kill a one a one eyed calf with a limp on public land than some big monster that nobody well, yeah. else that I paid to get access to. Well, for me, you know, I think there is more respect for that hunter that can go on public land and do that, you know, because I think it does take a lot more skill mm-hmm. um, being a public land hunter to give yourself an opportunity to get an animal like that. And of course, you know, we can go into, um, you know, the aspect of, you know, our public land starting to get overpopulated. It's getting harder to hunt. And that's why pay to play is becoming a big thing. And I mean, we could go down that rabbit hole as far as how it works here in South Dakota. Landowners are getting elk takes like it's candy oh. and they're using buddies. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, it's, that's the it, problem we're having here in Montana as well. It's it, there's a push to privatize. Oh yeah. Privatize elk. And, 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 and again, I think that that's a consequence of Mm -hmm. hunting TV and hunting social media. Oh, a hundred percent. Because you look at hunting TV. I mean, are these guys on public land that you see? No, they're not. 
they're they're on private controlled grounds um and uh the, the hunting is substantially less challenging i mean yeah. whether whether you agree with that or not it is and your opportunities um because you don't have other people on that private land that you're interacting with trying to maybe call in the same bowl that you would have on a small piece of like you know blm i mean it's a it's a hundred percent a different hunting experience and i think a majority of us oh sorry man i'm having problems here the majority of us as as regular everyday middle class folks we see these animals that are getting taken on private land and we think well that's the reality of public land and a lot of new hunters think that's the reality it's not the reality that's yeah, it's not duped. They get duped it, by the Cam Haineses and the Joe Rogans of the world into thinking that that's what it's going to be like when they go do it. Exactly. And I don't think it is paying any dividend. I, I mean, I don't think it's it's making hunting – it's making it less challenging for the people that do want to go out and do it the right way or the people that um, – you know, maybe kill a small deer or, or a small antelope or a small bull or whatever. Um, and, uh, but you see a lot of that shaming. I think that's from social media, hundred percent. And I think that's a huge problem. I think there's more problems with social media and hunting than what we perceive them, you know, what, what we think. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think there, there is a lot of harm being done. Um, by not having that transparency as well, you know, um, you know, the, there's a lot of people that watch some of these shows and they think, well, I, you know, he makes it look easy. Well, you know, that's not, that's not the case, but I mean, I, you know, I, I, I would like to see it be a little bit more transparent as well. Um, as far as, you know, if you go to, if you're going to do TV shows and stuff, be transparent, you know, transparent with folks, you know, we're on this something ranch, you know, we paid this amount of money, you know, because that's the reality. I mean, that's what's going yeah, on. That would be, that would be an improvement. I would, that, just, I'd rather just see I'd rather see the hunting community just decide that we weren't going to make hunting a source of entertainment anymore, but yeah. The, well, I agree. I think that, yeah, but I agree. I agree that that would be an improvement. I think that would be a huge improvement to to at least build transparency. I mean, unfortunately, this world in America is built off of capitalism, and people are going to try to capitalize as much as possible. But I'm I hope people can see through the BS of it all and see the people that are doing it for the right reasons. And the people that are not doing it for the right reasons, as far as, um, you know, hunting goes, because I think, um, there's a lot of good people out there that are doing good things for hunting. And then there's a lot of people that are not doing good things for hunting. You know what I mean? Um, I'd say the people with the purest intentions and the, and the most and the most proven track record in terms of fighting for hunters, hunter rights and doing what's right for conservation and access and doing the work on the ground that it takes to maintain a viable hunting situation. The United States aren't, aren't on the line at all. Oh, well, I, I, would, I would say that the, they're the, be, the best hunters in the country have don't mm-hmm. have an online presence in my experience. No, I agree. I get a lot of hunters, a lot of customers of ours 
that don't post anything online. Um, and, uh, some of them just have a social media account to where they can, um, they have like almost like a fake social media account with no pictures or anything like that, just so they can see what we're doing, new products and stuff like that. And they're on our email list, but they're on it. You know, they're basically, we got some folks that are just on it just because they want to see what we're doing. Um, you know, new products coming out and I'm sure other companies that they purchase from as well. Um, but they're not really in it to stroke their own ego and to, um, you know, uh, to be, you know, that type of aspect. But I also don't, um, you know, there, I, I also know a lot of good people that are great hunters and good for hunting that do have a little bit of a social media following, um, that keep things tasteful and respectful and are trying to do what's right. Whether we agree on that or not, we've talked right. about that, whether you post those pictures or not. But uh, again, I'm in the vast ma- minority of people that yeah. think that that thinks that there's it just doesn't belong online at all. Well, and that's and that's all. fine. I mean, that's that's your opinion. And and I'm one of those people to where I think there's a time and place for everything. I think there's um, my biggest issue with social media is is the reflection of hunting in a, in a negative aspect. And that goes as far as, um, you know, not just a negative aspect, but also almost like a little bit of a capitalistic aspect too, to where, um, and, and again, I own a hunting company, but what I mean by that is, um, you're doing things, you're hunting to, to, to merely capitalize, not because you love it, or you you love the history, the tradition of it, or anything like that. It's a hundred percent a business for you, and I think you know from my personal perspective, I don't uh, agree with that because you know um, what captivates like you most about hunting. For me, it's it's, it's simply the experience. It's mm-hmm. being out there for me, um, whether I feel a tag or not. It is my it's it's almost like my release i mean for me um being a former alcoholic as well i've got to find things to pass my time so i'm not like a um completely going freaking crazy with depression anxiety and all kinds of stuff here mm-hmm. for me it's the the experience of being out in the outdoors for you know chasing after something kind of fulfilling our caveman type tradition hunter gather you know going out there hunting um it's about the experience you know for me personally i'm I'm not starving i could go to a freaking grocery store down the street you know what i mean for me it is the experience of 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 just being out there simply being out there and um chasing after an animal and and using my skills and uh, sometimes the lack of skills mm-hmm. from failed hunting. Oh man! But that's Usually that's what it is. Me. That's what it is for me. And and um, you know I uh, you know whether uh, this company is in business in 10, 15 years or it's not, I'm going to still be out there hunting and doing it because um, more than anything, I just enjoy being away from people mm-hmm. and enjoy being out of the house and. Um, that's the type of experience that, that I like. And I, I don't really like hunting with other people. I'd rather be out on my own, doing 
doing my own thing. And um, like I said, I mean, whether whether I fill a tag or not, you know, um, it, it doesn't really matter to me. Mm-hmm. You know, half the time I'm so damn busy with the company that I don't get to go out and hunt a lot, which is, you know, um, pretty unfortunate. But that's what drives me, man. Yeah, that's that's great. I am always interested in the answer to that question. I, for me, I've, I've been thinking about it myself a fair bit late lately. Cause I'm like, why does this, do I still, why am I still so passionate about this thing in my 51st year of life? And it comes down to two things. Mm. I like getting one. So that's a little different. I like getting one, like getting something. And, and I, and I like that what I, shoot that's going to be my meat supply that still tickles me and then the other part is curiosity because i hunt the same places a lot of times yeah maybe maybe i don't go into a place for a couple years at a time but i always i'm always going to back to places that i've been or checking out new places but either way it's like with places i've been it's it's always like what's it going to be like this year are they going to be are there going to be elk in there this year under these conditions Mm -hmm. that kind of thing it's just what i'm driven by just the curiosity of what the animals are going to be doing and where they're going to be yeah yeah that's a big yeah no i mean that's those are good reasons too i mean of course i like uh i like filling tags too but um you know i i would say there, you know, there, there can be a million reasons why people hunt. And I, you know, sometimes I like asking people that as well is, is, you know, why are you doing it? You, you know, and, and regardless, we're all humans, we're all Americans and, you know, people can hunt for their own reasons, whatever they want, you know, but um, for me too, I mean, there's, there's like a broad, broad, you know, a long list you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's a long enough list that makes me happy is why I'd go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also have a long list of reasons why I wish that I, uh, of reasons why I think that I should quit, but because <laughs> it's tiring. A lot of times it's either too, way too hot or way too cold. It's raining. You're getting, I'm worried about the future of hunting too much, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I get sick of, I, worry I, hunt about, with, I hunt with pack llamas. I'm sick of tending to pack llamas all the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, go. Oh, I, I kind of interrupted you, but I know you got to go pretty soon. You got to make, you got to make the missus dinner. You told me. Yeah. So I, but I have one more question I got to ask before we get off, but what were you going to say? I was just going to say, that's, that's good that you actually care about, you know, about the future of hunting. I mean, I, I worry about um, the newer generation of how they perceive hunting and how, you know, they, you know, the laws and the morals and the, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, you know, same thing, you know, you're always kind of curious on if we as a people, and I can see how you're, you're kind of have the same perspective. Are we, are we as a people doing the right thing? You know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, I guess it's something that we're going to see 10, 20 years down the line. So I'll, I'll fight the man that says that I'm doing this podcast for any other reason than that. I care. I have a lot of love in my heart for hunters that do it right. 
yep. that are out there for the right reason. And that is it. I don't want to get famous. I'm not trying to make money. I'm losing money. Uh, I, I have a demanding job that I love. And I'm, it's, this is taking focus away from the, that. It's taking focus away from, I'm losing out on hunting and fishing hours because of it. I'm yeah. thinking this is, is my sharing my concerns about the future of the thing I love. It's my way of giving back. And I'm only doing it because I care about hunters that do it right. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really not open to being challenged on, on that. Not that you're challenging on that. You're not, but that's just, that is, and you know, I, if I could find somebody else that could do this better, I, I would just have them do it. I would, <laughs> I learned a little bit about recording podcasts. I learned a little bit about website design. I would just change the name on the website and then on the podcast and they could do it. And I'd give it to them. I'd even work behind the scenes to edit the stuff and all that. Like if there's somebody else that could get this message across better than me, I would, I would just give that to them. And I gladly, I, I just want the point to get the points to get across that I'm making. I want them to get across. I'm not sure I'm the right person to be doing it. And I, and I'm not sure. And I, and I wonder if somebody could make the points I'm trying to make more clearly. Um, but the last question I wanted to ask you is, uh, what? Tell me, t- tell the listeners what it is you make. Oh, so we make um, binocular harnesses. That's one of our big sellers. Um, we make leg gaiters. We make day packs. Oh boy, we make grid fleece beanies and neck gaiters, um, which are pretty popular. Um, we just actually got in some fluorescent stuff. So good for rifle hunting if you're a rifle hunter for safety. And um, we're eventually going to be making some gun cases. Um, that's kind of a big thing. And then we make bow slings. Um, we're always kind of, you know, um, making different stuff and, and trying to make different stuff. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of, it's nothing, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel by any means. Um, you know, not the first company to make something of that variety as far as gun cases, legators and stuff, but we do make, um, obviously a little bit more durable and all USA materials, which is good. So, I mean, um, there's a wide variety of things and, uh, I expect to be making hopefully, four to five new items per year. That's kind of what I'm, I'm kind of aiming for. So um, we'll have some more items coming out here later this summer and this fall. And um, yeah, we're just self moving into like pants and shirts and jackets. And No, we're going to stay away from that. There's just too many different, um, too many, way too many different sizings and, and then with the garments too, a lot of that stuff is hard to find USA materials for. So we're probably not going to dive into that too much. Um, we've talked a little bit about making base layers and stuff like that for our um, out of grid fleece, the same stuff we make a lot of our caps and our gators out of. Um, but that's kind of up in the air, whether we'll do that or not. Um thing with that as well is that we got you know a no strings attached lifetime warranty we'll you know we fix everything and 
you know, if it can't be fixed, we replace it. But, um, you know, a lot of that stuff with jackets and pants and stuff, you know, some of that stuff is just hard to warranty, you know, cause it just, the materials you have to use in it, it's just a completely different, you know, this Kadur is just, it's bomb proof material, but unfortunately you can't make a jacket fully out of Kadur or pants, mm-hmm. um, or else if you did, they wouldn't be very comfortable, but, um, you know, I, I, I won't ever say never say never, you know, I'll, I'll never say never, but, um, very unlikely that we'll do something like that. But, um, you know, there might be a few garment type things that we do, but, um, generally, um, for the most part, we probably won't be doing a lot of that type of stuff. So it's mostly going to be soft goods, you know, backpack type, type goods. And, um, we got some, we got some uh, things in the future here. We're going to make some framed packs and stuff like that for um, some bigger, like 55, 7,000 cubic inch packs and stuff. So um, we're going to be doing some of that type of stuff here pretty soon. Well, Tyler, TNK hunting gear. I'm, I'm delighted you're out there. I wish you all the success in the world. I'm, I don't have any power, but if there's anything that, i can do to help at least let me know and i'll try and uh i'm gonna uh, like i say at some point i'll have a probably a small list on my on my humble little website of companies that are making quality gear and aren't uh contributing to the height so thank you i appreciate it man thanks for having me on you bet